0: What's good, everybody? LD here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wellington Heights Community Church Podcast. Join us in our opening prayer. Creator God, we praise you for creating the world in all its fullness and beauty. For your call, to us to steward and care for the earth and for you sending us the gift of your Holy Spirit to encourage, guide, comfort, and sustain us. We long for your Spirit to work among us now to inspire our praise, to bring peace to our weary souls, and to equip us to join in the reconciliation of all things. Amen. Please join me in our scripture reading for today, which comes to us from John 17, 1 through 11. This is the Common English Bible. Jesus prays. When Jesus finished saying these things, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son can glorify you. You gave him authority over everyone so that he could give eternal life to everyone you gave him. This is eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I shared with you before the world was created. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. They truly understood that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be one just as we are one. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Most of us uh, growing up had someone that they looked up to. Someone that they thought could do no wrong. And maybe this was someone who you saw on TV or a favorite actress or actor. Maybe it was an athlete or even a a fictional character like a superhero. Whoever this person was, oftentimes as a kid, you really thought they could do no wrong. More specifically, you may have even thought they needed no help. They, They have no need to cry or lament because they were a hero for me that was my brothers akeem and kenyatta they were unstoppable in sports and specifically wrestling in my eyes i thought they were just made that way but i'll never forget the shock that i had when during a wrestling tournament akeem was late for one of his wrestling matches during the tournament because he was sleeping on the bleachers i didn't know what to think because In in our culture, right, we we build our heroes to need no one, need no help, need no rest, need any no no need of anything, right? For some reason, when I realized that he is like me, a person in need of rest, a person in need of uh, practice, right, a person in need of help, that rocked my world. And honestly, it, it actually took pressure off myself. I always thought that I needed to be like this fictional hero that I made my brothers to be. His humanity gave me uh, permission to be human, to be a human with needs. If you're wondering if he, if he made the match, yes, he did. And he actually ended up getting first in that tournament. In our scripture reading today, we we enter into an intimate moment in the garden with Jesus praying to the Father in heaven in his final hours before he is sentenced to death. I remember my first time when I realized that uh, John chapter 17 revealed our Savior uh, praying like Jesus is praying and it it caught and captures the words that he said. I remember the first time I, I had feelings of urgency and comfort. Comfort because Jesus was uh, revealed, as he often does in Scripture, uh, that his ministry was linked to his communication with the Father. And that communication wasn't just task oriented. It wasn't like Jesus was just praying to the Father saying, hey, I got this done. Uh, what else do you got for me? No, Jesus came to the Father for strength and limitation and, and guidance and affirmation and rejuvenation and more knowing that jesus my true hero went to the father for all things gave me hope and comfort that if jesus needed prayer then how much more did i need to pray we forget that in jesus's deity he also took on a human body and submitted himself to the elements and to the struggles that we have paul says this in philippians chapter 2 Uh, He says, uh, though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Jesus wasn't going around cheating life, uh, uh, using his his place in the Trinity for his own advantage. He was committed to being human like us. My challenge for us is to think through this reality. Prayer was the the gas, guts, and the glue of Jesus' ministry. If Jesus prayed, think through how much more we need to be praying We need to be people of prayer how much more do we need to slow down and stop our minds we need to understand that uh, prayer isn't just limiting uh, limited to just talking to god but it but it's time of silence and petition and confession and singing and writing and walking watching waiting meditating and and breathing prayer is needed because like every relationship communication is needed Sometimes we don't pray for many reasons. A a, a reason that that comes to mind is uh, sometimes we feel that God already knows my wants. He already knows my needs. He already knows my worries. I don't really have time to 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 really devote time to let him know things that he already knows. Right. Um, Here's the thing. God wants us to communicate with him. God wants a relationship with us. And no successful relationship is based on someone's knowing your wants, needs, and worries. It's, it's, it's not a genie exchange. A loving relationships are, are sustained by constant and open communication and a growing love for one another. And Jesus prayed, so I think we should, right? Now, the second part of... of um, of John chapter 17 that shocked me remember I said it brought me comfort and it brought me uh, urgency it, this urgency comes from the fact that we actually have Jesus's prayer recorded don't you want to know what Jesus prayed especially right before he was sentenced to death strikingly in his final hour Jesus is concerned not merely about uh, completing his own messianic mission but for the spiritual well-being and the future mission of his followers, Jesus's final prayer is to ensure that we are one, like he and the Father are are one. Think about that. This means that Jesus knew that the biggest threat to the church wasn't outside forces, it wasn't conspiracies, it wasn't the Illuminati, it wasn't uh, demon possession, it wasn't even persecution. The biggest threat to the church and to the spreading of the good news is the church's divide. It's disunity. And can you believe it? He was right. A simple Google search uh, looking up how many denominations there are will will tell you that there are 45,000 different denominations in the Christian faith. This wouldn't all be bad if many of them weren't formed out of dogmatic differences that brought about tension and divide. Unfortunately, many of these divides take the position that our way is the right way and your way is the wrong way. We as Christians have a way of saying to other Christians who are not in our camp that we are heaven bound and and you are hell bound. We use exclusive phrases like God told me, God told my church, we know the way. Our churches, uh, there's churches that are uh, claiming that they are Bible believing. Uh, and those are phrases that create separation. Tell me what church, if you ask the minister, will, will say that their church is not Bible believing. Not one. Phrases like these are. Like, like we are a Bible believing church. It's just a sneaky way of, of saying we are doing it right and they are doing it wrong. And these divides started as early as Paul's ministry in the first century AD. Listen to what Paul appeals to the first Corinthians or for the Corinthians and first Corinthians. Uh, he says this. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another uh, what, what you say and, and, and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you say, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollo. Another says, I follow uh, Cephas. Still, another says, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Christ? The biggest threat to the the mission of God's uh, church is the lack of love toward one another. I was speaking at a conference, uh, the Abide Conference, and one of the things I talked about was this idea of friendly fire. And the idea of friendly fire is, especially in war, is that when you accidentally uh, hurt your own soldiers, right? Or you you, you mistake your soldiers as somebody, uh, as the enemy forces, right? And it does three things uh, wrong, right? Friendly fire does three things wrong, right? It, you're, you're hurting your 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 um, your own soldiers. You're hurting your own team. Number two, the enemy looking at you is saying like, hey, man, they, they need to get their stuff together. We don't even have to do anything to, to, to win this war. Um, and, and the third thing is those who you want to join your team, they're looking at you like, why would I join a team that is openly hurting their own team? That's not a team that I want to, 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 to join, right? This is why Jesus says that they will know you are my followers by the way you love one another. If we look deeper at that that saying that Jesus says, that they will know you are my followers by the way we we love one another, it, it, it strikes me as an interesting um, way of identification because any group can, can love one another, right? So there must be something to it that Jesus was, was, was saying. I think that Jesus was saying uh, that, you know, they would know you are my followers by the way uh, you love one another because he knew that the reach of the gospel would, would reach the world. Every t- tribe, every tongue, every culture will, will not only worship him, but be commanded to love and live in harmony with one another. Black people, white people, rich people, poor people, working class, um, village people, rural people, city people, Democrats, Republicans, Catholics, Protestants. We are commanded to actually love one another, live in harmony with one another, be in proximity with one another. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the father are one. That's the goal. Not just existing in a building on a Sunday uh, with one another. Not just everyone falling in line, agreeing on the same philosophical and theological conclusions. But within the mess of diversity, we love one another, giving each other dignity and honor and respect. Not holding uh, others up to standards that we can't even meet. Understanding that we, we are all on a journey with God. And it might not look like my journey, but we trust that God is with each other and we are committed to building each other up, walking in holiness, keeping each other accountable, building each other up with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The beauty of the church is that we are commanded to have mutual love with different people. That is to say, our liberation, our worth, our agency are bound together. The ground is level. What this means is we what this means is that we can't just come as the helper. We can't just come as the receiver either. We have to come as both, mutual understanding that uh, we all have something uh, to contribute. We can't just come as the savior or, or the volunteer. Uh, you, you know, you you can position yourself um, as one or the other, but I think we within mutual love we have to be. We have to have this understanding that we are both. Uh, again, we both have something to bring to the ta- table. Think potluck, not soup kitchen. Many missionaries and, and even even us, um, right here uh, in, in Cedar Rapids and Wellington Heights Community Church, uh, uh, we, when we when we enter an event, we we can oftentimes we're prone to positioning ourselves only as the helper. Thus, maybe without knowing, we have giving our giving into a hierarchy oh, hierarchy over the participants. That's why I love um, just even uh, last week the the um, the Mother's Day um, event that we had. We had volunteers and participants um, uh, uh, take, uh, getting family photos. The volunteers weren't scared of of getting getting the the uh, the, the actual picture, and that's what we want. Um, the soup, the soup kitchen mentality says that I am only here to serve you, and and you kind of have to like uh, respect me. No, it's a potluck. We are all in this together. Mutual love does does uh, doesn't only help, but it it positions itself uh, to receive, and it understands that those in the room has just as much worth as as I do. Jesus practiced mutual love. Jesus received the five loaves and the two fish from a little boy. Jesus received water from the woman at the well, right? Jesus received the perfume from the young lady. Jesus ate with poor people. Jesus ate with rich people. See, the type of love that we are commanded is is one of mutual love that saves each other's dignity and and benefits both. So much of our Vision and mission at Wellington Heights Community Church relies on the fulfillment of Jesus's prayer of unity. Because unity takes grit. It, it, it means realizing that we're going to have arguments. We're going to have disagreements. We're, we're, we're not going to like each other at times. We're going to lie. We're gonna treat each other badly, twist stories. We're we're gonna hurt each other, uh, badly. We but but we are committed to this vision of the beloved community, uh, where we are committed to oneness that is higher than anything that we can imagine. This oneness confesses wrongs, it forgives wrongs, it squashes grudges, it uh, repairs uh, injustices. Right. It, it, it doesn't pull down uh, each other. It doesn't chase after fame prestige or significance but it but it's satisfied in that uh, who we are in in Christ Jesus and knowing that uh, my brothers and sisters need me and I need them and after Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17 Jesus was betrayed by his friends and abandoned by his friends thankfully his commitment to love wasn't based on the actions of his friends it was based on his, his mission to glorify the father and bring people close to this amazing God. We know that he does this by way of sacrificing himself on the cross for the sins of the world and by rising to life and victory, he defeated the fear of death. He, he forgave all of sins, past, present, future ask that you receive this if you haven't received it already, this truth and take steps with this God that loves us explore what God has in store for your life no matter where you're at in, in your faith journey you'll see that it's a journey of freedom from fear and of things that keep you from loving yourself, others, and the rest of creation Church Let's fulfill Jesus' prayer by working to be one like he and the Father are one. Let's commit to praying like Jesus and even praying against the forces of evil that would work to divide us. Even now, I pray against anger and jealousy and envy and pride and revenge and and hatred and selfishness, self-centeredness and narcissism. God, help us to be more like you Help us to denounce those things when we when you bring it to our minds, when we're treating others poorly, when we're treating ourselves poorly and being too hard on ourselves. God, may we be more like you. And as we head into this this season of Pentecost, the season when the promise of the Holy Spirit of God came to the disciples, not making everyone understand one language, But instead, he gave the the gift of many languages, thus inaugurating the Spirit's mission for the church to pursue unity, not uniformity. Church, may we pursue oneness so that the world will see God when they see the church. The beloved community is is what we're after. The beloved community is what, what the world is waiting for the church to display. Our vision is not only to create the beloved community in a building, but in a community. So when the rest of the city sees us, they will see God. They will see what God is doing. When unlikely people come together, they will say, that is a God that I want to follow, and that is a God worth following. May we work at Wellington Heights Community Church to create that community through Jesus's resurrection and restoring power. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power and that power moves us to love and tear down the forces of, of, of evil that we do against one another that brings about divide. May we as a church community here at Willington Tonight's Community Church, but the, the broader churches in, in Cedar Rapids and, and the rest of the world, will we work to be one as you and the Father are one, Jesus. Give us the power, um, give us the, the, the guts to confess our sins to one another. To look at that list of uh, uh, harmful things that we've done to one another and say, Sorry, forgive us, and and work toward reparations. God, the world is waiting for us, the church, to love one another. God, give us power and boldness to do so. We We want to please you, God. Thank you for allowing us to join you in your work to restore and reconcile all things. We thank you for who you are and the salvation that you bring. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: As we move into our call and response prayer, those that are listening via the podcast can go to org, click on the tab that says media, and then follow that by clicking on this week to follow along reading the bold text aloud. Lord, you have shown us your ways of compassion and justice. Forgive us for being so caught up in our own lives. Forgive us for not having eyes to see and closing them when we do not want to see. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus, you modeled sacrifice and love for our neighbors. Deliver us from our anemic and self-focused faith practices. Deliver us from narcissism and our worship practices that center on us and not others. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and a new earth. Holy Spirit, you promise to root, strengthen, and guide us. Fill us with the courage to speak out and speak up when we feel weak. Fill us with the assurance that you are working in ways we can't always see. Fill us with the power to act and love and be the church. Fill us with wisdom as we follow you. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and a new earth. Lord, you promise that you are coming back in your fullness to restore and renew. Help us to be made new now and at your full return. Help us to confess together, repent together, and hope together for the church. Help us to live into the reality that we serve a God who will make wrong things right. Help us point to the coming kingdom with our actions and lives. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Renew us so that we may point others to a new earth and a new heaven. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to turn on your notifications so you can be one of the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to hit that like button and share this podcast and feel free to leave a comment or two as we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit our website to stay updated with what is going on in the community. As you know, we are reliant upon the benevolent gifts of donors just like you to continue ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Or you can visit our website, wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org and hit that donate button. Hey, thanks again for tuning
1: in. Have a blessed day.